Open the eyes of our hearts, dear Lord, that we may see the wonders of your word. Amen. Today we are in Esther chapter 5. On the third day of the fast, Esther put on her royal robes. Starts verse 1. Those 3 days of fasting, they were wearing the mourning garments and sackcloth, but now she puts on a royal apparel. What does the royal garments or the royal robes signify? Isaiah the prophet says in chapter 61 verse 10 I will rejoice greatly in the Lord my soul will exult in my God why for he has clothed me with garments of salvation he has wrapped me with the robe of righteousness Esther was symbolically saying to the people who rejected going back into the promised land who were satisfied with their life at Babylon but who were now crying out to God to save them by putting on these robes Esther is signifying the salvation of the Lord is like a garment because this salvation is so great a garment so fitting and suitable which is free of cost in which the glory of all the divine perfections is so clearly visible because it is so full complete and perfect and an everlasting one in other words Esther is saying the salvation that God will work for us in this particular situation will make me as beautiful and considerable as those that are clothed with the richest garments as the bridegrooms usually are and brides are with their jewels that is my sackcloth will now be turned into robes and I shall be surrounded with glory just like how a garment surrounds the body isaiah also talks about the robe of righteousness the robe means a kind of a large loose garment thrown over the other parts of the dress so such a robe is for protection and for ornament and the image that isaiah the prophet is presenting with the robe of righteousness is that the body of christ being defended and ornamented by God Similarly Zechariah the prophet talks in chapter 3 verse 4 Now Joshua was dressed Joshua is the high priest who was dressed in filthy garments as he stood before the angel So the angel said to those standing before him Take off his filthy clothes then he said to Joshua See I have removed your iniquity and I will clothe you with splendid robes This is exactly what the Lord Jesus Christ mentioned in the parable in Luke chapter 15 verse 22 where the father said to his servants quick bring the best robe and put it on him Isaiah the prophet says in chapter 64 verse 6 each one of us have become like something unclean and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags only when a person understands this fact that even his righteous act is but a filthy rag will he understand the need for a garment of splendor and that's the reason satan blinds the eyes of the people of the world so that they do not understand that need and that's why isaiah says in chapter 52 verse 1 awake awake clothe yourself with strength o zion put on your garments of splendor o jerusalem holy city person needs to be awake to understand this need so what are these garments of splendor all says in romans chapter 13 verse 14 clothe yourselves 
with the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the desires of the flesh. So to put on the garments of splendor that is to put on the Lord Jesus Christ we first need to understand what Paul writes in Romans chapter 13 verse 12 The night is far spent the day is at hand let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light only when we cast off the works of darkness will we be able to put on the armor of light that is the garments of splendor lord jesus christ so how do we clothe ourselves with the garments of splendor paul writes to the galatians in chapter 3 verse 27 like this for all of you who were baptized into christ have clothed yourselves with christ and these are the very people who will be found in the end times as we see in revelation chapter 7 verse 9 After these things I looked and behold a great multitude which no one could count from every nation and all tribes and peoples and tongues standing before the throne and before the lamb clothed in white robes and these are the ones who will have the right to the tree of life as we read in revelation chapter 22 verse 14 and enter into God's eternal kingdom so coming back we see Esther standing in the inner court and the king was seated on the throne and she immediately gained favor in the eyes of the king and he held out the golden scepter that was in his hand and Esther touched it and he said to her what do you wish queen Esther Esther's concern was so great that she willingly risked her life in order to have an audience with the king that day if we are clothed in righteousness god will reinforce our courage after the 30 days of not meeting her king zerxes calling esther as queen shows that he respected her because of her courage this symbolically shows us the type and shadow of the christians drawing near to the throne of god god has reached out to us and he has invited us to come and share his kingdom it is very important that we touch him as well and the king offered esther anything even half of the kingdom and in the same way christians believers of jesus christ will be joint heirs with jesus as we read in romans chapter 8 verse 17 and in first peter chapter 1 verse 4 and in matthew chapter 25 verse 34 and in galatians chapter 3 verse 29 and in colossians chapter 1 verse 12 and 324 so having such a great promise let us draw near to god Coming back we see Esther did not right away reveal her intentions to the king. She invited the king and Haman to a banquet. So the king gave an order to bring Haman quickly. And in the banquet as well, the king once again asked her, "What is it? What do you want?" Esther once again said, "If I have found favor in your eyes, please come down for the banquet tomorrow as well, and then I'll put forth my petition." We do not know why Esther did not say it right away. Maybe God was prompting her to hold back and she listened to his voice. Many a times when we are doing the God's work, God will reveal to us what to talk and what not to talk as well. We need to be in tune with the spirit to hear his voice, to understand and to heed to his warnings. We read in verse 9 that Haman went away that day joyful and in good spirits. 
In those days it was not customary for the men and women to feast together and moreover since this was a private feast with the queen and the king Haman had a lot going in his favor and he was extremely pleased We read in Proverbs chapter 16 verse 4 The Lord has made everything for his purpose even the wicked for the day of disaster so we do not have to worry about the wicked prospering because they are fattened like calves for the day of disaster but look again Haman when he saw Mordecai in the king's gate refusing to stand up or bow down before him he was filled with rage towards Mordecai just now he is coming out of the presence of the king and the queen but look at this focus it is on Mordecai spiritually this is symbolic of the fact that the accolades of this world pale in comparison and it never satisfies the soul haman had this insecurity to be honored by everyone each individual has that particular empty space inside them which they try to fill it up with something that accepts them that something that honors them we choose our life partners on the way they accept us however god planned for this emptiness to be filled by the acceptance of jesus christ the good news for you and me today is that our father in heaven has made us accepted in the beloved as we read in ephesians chapter 1 verse 6 and 7 and in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace why didn't god just say accepted in jesus christ what did he have to say accepted in the beloved the word accepted in the original greek is charitu which means highly favored it is the same word used only once in the bible in the new testament in luke chapter 1 verse 28 where the angel gabriel appeared to mary and said to her rejoice highly favored one So God wants us to be conscious of the fact that we are now part of the family and we are beloved to him the same way that Jesus is to God the Father. So we are highly favored, greatly blessed and deeply loved. So coming back we see Haman goes back home and he meets his wife and his friends. And Haman recounted to them the splendor of his riches, the number of his sons, all the promotions with which the king had honored him, and how he had advanced above the officials and the servants of the king, and how even Queen Esther let no one but Haman come with the king for the feast she prepared. Haman was essentially boasting. In the very same Proverbs chapter 16, after verse 4 where we see that the wicked have been prepared for the day of disaster the author writes everyone who is proud in heart is detestable to the lord be assured that he will not go unpunished pride is in fact one of the six things that the lord hates as we see in proverbs chapter 6 verse 16 and 17 and we see in proverbs chapter 8 verse 13 that to fear the lord is to hate evil and the very first thing is pride and arrogancy of every proud man god says he and i cannot live in the world together pride is a evil that is found prevalent even among god's people christians have always been and will always be lured by the same three temptations right from the garden of eden which eve 
and Adam experienced and which Jesus experienced as well. As we read in 1 John chapter 2 verse 16, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the father but is of the world. Satan doesn't change his methods. He doesn't have to because they continue to be successful. Out of those 3 that we saw in 1 John chapter 2 verse 16, the most evil temptation is the pride of life. The very sin that resulted in Satan's expulsion from heaven. He desired to be God and not to be a servant of God as we read in Isaiah chapter 14 verses 12 to 15. It is the root cause of strife in families, in churches, among friends and in nations as well. Pride exalts the self and is in direct contradiction to Jesus words that those who would follow him must take up their cross and deny themselves. And that's why Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 30, "If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness." Because Paul understands in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 31, "Let the one who boasts boast in the Lord, because the Lord does not give his glory to another." And that's why he writes in Galatians chapter 6 verse 14, "But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ." by which the world has been crucified to me and i to the world so unless we are crucified to the world we cannot overcome pride jeremiah the prophet wrote in chapter 9 verse 24 but let him who boasts boast in this that he understands and knows me that i am the lord who practices steadfast love justice and righteousness in the earth for in these things i delight declares the lord The Lord delights that we boast that we understand and know him. And after boasting all this, we see Haman still coming back to Mordecai. Yet all this is worth nothing to me so long as I see Mordecai the Jew sitting at the king's gate, he says. So his wife and his friends give him a cunning idea to prepare a gallow or a pole to hang Mordecai, which is 50 cubits high. That is about 75 feet or the height of a 8 story building and the thing pleased Haman so he had the gallows made this is the destructive power of hatred caused by pride and let's see what happens in the next chapter may god bless these words amen